Welcome to The Wrap Up, our podcast that gives you an insider's look at the top stories in Hollywood. I'm your host, Sharon Waxman, the founder and editor-in-chief of The Wrap, and welcoming back my co-host for the week who is still buzzing from the aftershocks of this year's Oscars, The Wrap's assistant managing editor, Adam Chitwood. Hey, Adam. Hello, hello. I have not slept since the Oscars. <laughs> from yeah, from, from the work or from the just the... the all around. All of the above, prompt. All of the above, yeah. share. <laughs> All a, of the, the above. The good news is there's nothing to discuss this week. So. Yes, there is. There's quite the opposite. There's a lot going on. It's pretty rare that Hollywood rivets the attention of the world, especially with a war going on halfway around the globe. But um, I, I, as as you know, Adam, I was at the Oscars this year in at the Dolby, and I was there for the slap heard around the world, and we will be deep diving into that question and the repercussions of that incident uh, a little later in the show. But there is a lot going on in Hollywood this week besides that big show. So let's jump into the other Hollywood headlines. Go for it. Yes. uh, Complete opposite from the experience of watching the Oscars is uh, Bridgerton season two, which premiered on Netflix last week. Uh, The ratings for which were pretty astounding. Uh, Netflix released on Tuesday the numbers announcing that uh, viewer, viewers watched more than 193 million hours of the show, uh, which set a record for the streamer's most viewed Netflix English language TV title in its premiere weekend. Um, it was also the most watched, most watched show in 92 countries. Uh, Sharon, are you a Bridgerton fan, as they say? I don't know if I'm allowed to admit this on the podcast. <laughs> I, I, I am a Bridgerton fan. Yes, I couldn't decide if I was watching it because I was fascinated by it, if I was horrified by it. Uh, I, it but it, it's very compelling watching, for sure. Yes, I have had not had any time to watch Bridgerton season two, so I'm saving it. I'm still working my way through the friggin' Gilded Age, okay, yeah. slowly. Um, but you know, with everything going on with the Oscars, I was very focused on getting up to speed on everything that was going on with those movies, and so. No, I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> My hot take is the Gilded Age is better than than Bridgerton, but uh, it is? season two, uh, you know, kicked off with a bang. And looking back at at some of the viewership data, they okay. Released, wait a minute, Adam. you're you're yes. you're you're not a fan of Bridgerton, what you, or Gilded Age. You don't watch either of those shows, do you? I'm a fan of the Gilded Age. If you look on the Rap.com, I interviewed one Carrie Coon for the finale of That's the Gilded Age. True. I, I find that show very delightful. It's a delightful soap. As as Carrie Coon uh, told me, uh, exclaimed to me, it's a soap, Adam. It's supposed to be soapy. So uh, she's I, the most I interesting character her. on there. Uh, yeah. uh, I mean, but I just can't get over that house. <laughs> it's a gorgeous that house. That house is ridiculous. It's a gorgeous house. Like, was house. there really a palace built on the corner of 61st Street? We should be talking about Bridgerton, but in fact, we're yes. talking about the Gilded Age right now. <laughs> Bridgerton, very different show, very much a romance, um, you know, but what's interesting about Netflix viewership data is looking back um, for as long as they've been releasing these viewership data, it for most of their hit shows, the viewership numbers actually increase in the second weekend. So it'll be interesting to see how many people catch up to Bridgerton season two this weekend, how many are right. like you who didn't have time to watch it. Well, first I, mean, I would have thought this past weekend, people were catching up on the Oscar Best Picture nominees that... Yeah they realize they suddenly need to watch or they they're like, Oh, I finally will watch Coda, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, You would think, um, I think some people did, but, uh, you know, clearly Netflix, you know, right after the first season of Bridgerton came out, just went full in on Bridgerton. They've got a, a prequel spinoff coming up. They already greenlit yeah. the show for season three and season four. 
Yep. Uh, this is their franchise. Yes, this this is, and they have Shonda Rhimes, and they are going to use her. Anyway, yes. I, I I will watch it, and we can circle back another week and talk about all the things we love to hate or hate to love <laughs> about Bridgerton season two. Okay. Meantime, um, we'll we'll let's talk about some uh, sad news that came out on Wednesday, which is that Bruce Willis, who we all grew up with and loved. He is stepping away from acting after being diagnosed with aphasia. Aphasia is a cognitive disorder that affects a person's ability to communicate. His family announced the news on their Instagrams, including his four, his four daughters, five daughters, he's got five kids, and ex-wife Demi Moore. They said he'd been experiencing some health issues when he got the diagnosis. And as a result of this, Bruce is stepping away from the career that has meant so much to him. Adam, what are your thoughts? Uh, it's just awful, awful news. And it, thanks to some reporting out of the Los Angeles times, it sounds like it's been impacting his work for a while now. Yes. Um, they, they had a report, uh, speaking with some of the directors, crew members, cast members of some of these, you know, he's been doing the, you know, all these direct to video movies in the last few years. And everyone's been yeah. wondering why, as it turns out, they've been kind of compressing all of his lines of dialogue in the one day of shooting, having him, you know, shoot very quickly uh, kind yeah. of handling him in and out to kind of get a paycheck and, and get out of there. Um, while yeah, that while feels super creepy by the way. Yeah, it does. It feels really like you. I feel like we've only seen the tip of the iceberg on this story. I feel like there yeah. are pro there's probably more um, to come um, about what's been going on here because um, yeah, it's just, it's just a really terribly sad. sad thing. And it's not even clear if, if the LA times, which had been working on this piece was maybe the reason that the family actually went public with um, the diagnosis that Bruce Willis has, has this condition or this disorder. But uh, I think there will be more reporting to be done. And we'll come back to you guys to talk about what more we learn about whether, you know, the ins and outs of the last few years of Bruce Willis's career. Cause he's, you know, he's such a great, fun actor and so much part of our culture and it's kind of sad to think that the you know still still in the prime of life he's 67 that you know he'd have to default to these kinds of shitty films you know yeah and it puts some of his recent work in into context i mean glass he reprised his role from *Midnight shaman's unbreakable but he's not in glass very much and i think people were a little surprised to see that he didn't have a very large role in that film mm. this may kind of explain that that explains that, it yeah yeah mm -hmm. so. um and now for our last headline uh before we get to the oscars we're gonna teeter on the edge of something that you know is oscars adjacent um but you know as we know will smith stormed the stage smacked chris rock uh there was concern pretty immediately that this might cause copycats uh yeah slapping chris rock because he made a joke our rap pro team uh, did a really lovely reported piece on club owners who believe the incident could lead to this kind of copycat aggression yeah. against comics across the country. You know, if Will Smith can get offended by a joke and get up and slap the comedian on the face in front of everyone at the Oscars, who's to stop someone, you know, at a comedy club uh, from doing the same thing. Uh, Kathy Griffin tweeted, let me tell you something. It's very bad practice to walk up on stage and physically assault a comedian. Now we all have to worry about who wants to be the next Will Smith in comedy clubs and theaters. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that we've been seeing uh, increased aggression by audiences just from the heckling point of view in recent years. It's, it feels like it's getting to be serious 
combat out there for comedians between the 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 woke crowd on the left and the um, crazy right wing on the other side who are not happy with any joke that might offend one side or the other. I think comedians already feel like they're under fire just culturally. And we've heard that consistently from comedians over the past number of years that they don't really know where the lines are, what the, like, what, what is safe for the, where, what's, where is it safe for them to go? And now if with this incident, it does feel like it, it might encourage people who are either drunk or, you know, have a short fuse. And we have a lot of people in society right now who have really short fuses. I mean, I think we read it every day in, you know, incidents on airplanes and incidents on trains and in restaurants, just people really behaving badly. So um, uh, Missy Schwartz on our, on our reporting team spoke to the owners of a bunch of clubs, Carolyn's and, um, Laugh Factory and places like that, and the the, the club owners are are concerned. It's and I think they're right to be concerned. I I hope this doesn't happen again. But you know, as we'll get into later, it just speaks volumes of the ramifications of Will Smith's actions and the actions of the Academy to do nothing uh, right after that happened. Yeah, and by the way, you know, Chris Rock just had his show in Boston late this week. And, you know, as we had a reporter there, they, they, somebody was taken out in handcuffs from that event. So don't know what was the reason, but, but um, that kind of proves the point, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So who knows what's to come? Uh, all right. Next up, uh, it's time for wax on wax off where Sharon gives her thoughts on her favorite person or moment of the week. Sharon, the floor is yours. All right. Thank you. Well, my wax on this week is, a hat tip to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, he wrote a really great essay um, about the Will Smith incident, and he knows of what he speaks. He really brought a lot of wisdom. He t- it was a very honest and very moving piece about the damage that Will Smith did, not just to Hollywood, but to the cause of women, uh, to the cause of the Black community, and that this one kind of ill-considered moment of rage that he let out um, set a lot of causes back. And he pointed out what many women and men have pointed out is that, you know, Will Smith did not need to defend his wife. Jada Pinkett Smith is very capable of defending herself. And that it didn't even feel as if he was defending her. It really felt like he was defending himself and kind of feeling sorry for himself. And, um, Hats off, wax on to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. My wax off is toxic male rage. You cannot stop thinking about that the whole evening after observing this incident in the in the Dolby with everyone dressed in gowns and tuxedos that someone would feel that there was any room to do an act of violence made me think, a lot about, essentially enough, Brett Kavanaugh and the his contorted face of crying and red-faced rage when he was being asked about an incident of sexual assault in his past. It made me think about Alec Jones. It even made me think about Alec Baldwin all those years ago with him when he ripped into his daughter in a voicemail that got leaked. I mean, all of these incidents are different, but they do share this feeling of very 
random and uncontrolled violence that smacks to me of a really deep sense of entitlement among some men in our society. It feels like a certain entitlement, sort of a, a, an injured entitlement, entitlement to power, entitlement to, to why do I have to be accountable? And this, and this belief that it's okay to let that inner rage just have full expression in the world. I think it's very frightening and it's something that we should be looking at as a society and talking about. And that is my wax off. All right, next up, we're going on a deep dive into two of the bigger stories from the rap and rap pro this week. So Sharon, the Oscars. For the first yes. time in three years, uh, the telecast did not hit a record low in viewership. Sunday night's telecast actually managed to rebound from last year's all-time low ratings, uh, earning around 15.4 million total viewers and a 3.2 rating among the key 18 to 49 demographic, according to Nielsen. Uh, still a far cry from mm -hmm. uh, the ratings numbers uh, even just five, six, seven years ago. Uh, but yeah. obviously all anyone is talking about is the moment when Will Smith, shortly before winning his first Oscar for his performance in King Richard, slapped Chris Rock on stage after Rock made a joke about his wife, Jada Pinkett Smith. Uh, joining us to discuss is film critic and executive producer of A Celebration of Black Cinema, Sean Edwards. Welcome, Sean. Welcome, Sean. Thank you. Great to be here. Great to have you. So, so I was at the Dolby Theater on Sunday night, and I saw that moment happen, and uh, it was pretty clear very quickly that it was not a joke. It was not a bit. <laughs> um, and that, of course, it became super clear when... Um, Will kept walked back to a seat and kept shouting and bellowing from the seat. Um, a lot of people right now are criticizing after they've had a lot of criticism leveled at Will Smith are now criticizing the Academy um, that for not acting swiftly and decisively, you know, in that moment, what now that we've all sort of had, had our say about this for a number of days, as you, as uh, we've talked about almost, nothing else since that happened kind of where where does this now sit with you sean doesn't sit with me anywhere uh it was a it was a bad incident by individual doesn't reflect me doesn't reflect black people doesn't reflect women um i don't feed into the sensationalized coverage that we do with everything uh completely overblown completely misanalyzed um people are just weighing in way too heavy on this Bad judgment by one individual doesn't impact my life whatsoever. It doesn't make me feel any worse as a black person. That's ridiculous. Will mm -hmm. Smith did that. Not the black community. That's an act by an individual. Uh, we're, we're, we're just an overreactive society right now. And we're putting way too much into this. I'd rather talk about the, the historic win of CODA. And as, as, For sure. as, as, media, pers as, as media personnel and journalists, we can easily do that. But we're choosing to feed into the negativity, which was the tone of the show in the first place. And this is the culmination of why that incident happened at all, because the Academy's been chasing the Golden Globes ever since. They've been trying to find their Ricky Gervais. It's supposed to be mm -hmm. the biggest night of the year for the industry. It's supposed mm -hmm. to be about celebrating cinema at its highest level. Even before the slap happened, the show was horrible. They were well. The show was the show. The show as a piece of entertainment was really horrible <laughs> up until yes. that point. And then it went very far off the rails. Well, yeah, but, but let, 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 I mean, let's be honest. Um, up until that point, 
there was an air of negativity about the show in the first place. Because I don't believe that mm. insulting the, the, the nominated films should be a part of the Academy Awards. Because yeah. why did you nominate them in the first place? Why are we all in the building in the first place? So this, this the, the whole tone to me for the past few years has been off because the Academy is so desperate for ratings that they've fed into our, our bottom feeding culture. Mm. The Academy Awards aren't a reality show. The Academy mm. Awards aren't a, a night at the improv. Uh, the, the Academy Awards, it's supposed to be a high standard level of excellence in which we're celebrating the best of the best. And you have some of the most talented people on the planet all in one room. It takes a lot of creativity. It takes a lot of talent to produce and make even an average movie, let alone a movie that gets nominated for 12 Academy Awards or 10 Academy Awards or five Academy Awards. And, you know, to, to walk in that room and have people walk on stage and, and poke fun at the last duel and poke fun at the power of the dog. If you're poking fun at the power of the dog, why'd you nominate it 12 times? It just, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to mm -hmm. me. I mean, just the, the tone and the negativity has been off with the Academy Awards for a while now. It'd be like winning the Nobel Peace Prize and you fly over to accept the award and you know the host pokes fun at your significant other that you brought with you to receive that well, honor. I, you know, all right, so hang on. So I completely take your point and I think you make a really good point that they're trying to chase some uh, chimera of, of entertainment uh, ratings that probably they're never gonna get. And the part of the tragedy of what happened at the Oscars on Sunday is that it, undoubtedly did spike the ratings, right? I mean, and there were people talking about that. I was talking to some of the top people at ABC at the governor's ball and they were acknowledging it in the moment and just kind of shrugged. I mean, I'm sure they're glad to have the ratings even though it was at the cost of this degradation <laughs> of the show um, with violence and 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 uh, profanity and just, just, just an overall sort of lowering of the standard, as you're saying. But I, I don't, I don't know that I agree. I mean, I certainly hear your point of view. That I don't know if I, I agree that that the the ambiance of the show in general, which you know, in pursuit of bringing an entertaining, fun, in, insulting <laughs> tone to things, was directly connected to that uh, moment. But but maybe you're right. I don't know. But you can be entertaining without being insulting. Because everybody yes. keeps talking about comedians have the license to say what they want to say and do what they want to do. Right. No, they don't. There's repercussions to everything. But if you're a talented comedian, you can be funny without insulting people. You can be entertaining without insulting people. That's where this all started. You can't ignore the starting point. Now, the reaction was 100% wrong and incorrect. Right. But... No one should walk into the Dolby Theater with the expectation of being insulted on right. Hollywood's biggest no, it's a, night. It's, it's a totally fair point. Like, why are we getting all dressed up and looking our <laughs> glamorous selves to behave? Yeah, there, there's, the there. there's a tension it, there for sure. The sad thing about it is Chris Rock was not the host. We'd already had like three mini monologues that night right, from the did. three hosts that they hired. His soul yeah. job, because people always lean into this. 
You had one job. He had one job, which was to announce the best documentary feature category, which in my opinion was one of the stronger categories of the night. Mm -hmm. How come he could not walk on stage and, in my opinion, celebrate five of the best movies? Because, because Sean, when you invite Chris Rock, you want him to be funny. That's (laughs) so then this is the producer's fault. I do think I I mean, I agree with Sean. I think the vibe of the entire telecast was off. It was almost as if the show was embarrassed of the nominated films. And exactly. Wanted to like scoot past them as quickly as possible. Even like you couldn't even honor The Godfather without adding in like a Kanye West song or you couldn't show We Don't Talk About Bruno without adding in a special singer. Like they had to add something extra as if movies themselves are uninteresting and boring. We must make them interesting versus you know, I'd like to see the pendulum swing for the next telecast all the way back to yes. we are honoring the highest art form that is like America's greatest cultural ex- cultural export. And we're going to take time to like acknowledge the art that's been created this year, the crafts people that have done that art versus how can we get teenagers to care about the Oscars, which I don't you know, they've been trying to do that for years and it's just not working. Yeah, I mean, they they walked into the show embarrassed of the industry. Because yeah. how do you not how do you not present every category live? That 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 was so disrespectful. Well, and yeah. that's not, we are here to celebrate those twenty three cat those twenty three categories. All twenty three of those categories should have been part of the main show and broadcast live. Uh, yeah, that I I don't agree with that. I feel like the show I but I've said this for years, and Steve Pond and I have had this argument for years. I, I mean, the show's so long. I mean, the show is so long. Then we if you have, get bored, if, but if you get tired of watching it, change the channel, turn it off. Yeah, the problem was well, even with cutting yeah, the categories. If you change the channel and turn still... it off, then you're not then you've not made a show that's relevant to people. I I, I don't really the show understand. is relevant. The show just, is relevant just to, just to, the just to have there. the argument for a second. I don't understand why it is that you can't, in in a valid, incredible way, honor the people who are in categories that are less entertaining and less relevant and interesting to the broad mass of American public, but still give them every honor by in giving them the Oscar. Why does it, is it defined by whether they are on the show or not? The point is that they are recognized by the 9,000 members who voted for cinematography or hair and makeup or whatever it is, or the, or the shorts. And by the way, I love shorts. We have done so much work here at The Wrap to elevate shorts and shine a light on them. And because they are, they are the future, you know, feature filmmakers of tomorrow in many cases, Totally, totally agree. But I, I, I never really got the argument like why they have to be on the show. And also, they proved the point again this year, Sean, by giving the most friggin' boring acceptance speeches. They were friggin' boring. Like they're well, talking they cut to them though. We didn't even see them. We did see them. They cut the best ones of them. They didn't really save any time. The show was longer this year. I wouldn't say they were boring. I mean, out of the main categories, which speech was exceptional? One or two. I mean, just well, yeah. Questlove was fantastic, and I thought Jessica Chastain was fantastic. But who heard those? Because we'll see. Well, I heard them. Moment, they were but... okay. I mean, even under if the slap wouldn't have happened, I don't think any of the speeches would have been remembered five, ten years from now. There was mm-hmm. there were no exceptional speeches that. Trust night. me, they're, they're, I mean, I've sat through more Oscar speeches. We we can agree to disagree. I just I I don't buy the argument that they have to be on TV in order to be truly. Honest. Okay, that's fair, but I, I I do believe that you know when when they produce future shows, the mm-hmm. the whole tone needs to go back to positivity. That 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 is a really great note, and um, both Adam and Sean, you get credit if 
they do it next year. We will call you <laughs> <up>. <laughs> no, I, I just, I mean, it, 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 it's sad because I can just, I can feel the, the academy is, is just chasing they're, after they're, the Golden yeah. Globes. They're in, well, and they're yeah. at odds because, right, mm -hmm. it's the academy is choosing these films that the people say no one cares about these films. And then ABC hosts the telecast. So you've got producers trying to make a show out of movies that they may not care about. And the Academy chose these films and filmmakers and, you know, craft people <laughs> because they do care about them. So they're butting heads because you're trying to, you know, fit a square peg in a round hole. But even the fan stuff they did this year backfired. Yes. Backfired horror. That was, that was the most bizarre thing. Um, talk about not a good look. All right. Before we have to let you go, Sean, I, I want to just go back to something that you said beginning. You said it, it didn't, it didn't impact anybody else other than Will Smith in that moment. I just want to, um, give you the evidence, not, not evidence, the opinion, counter opinions of say Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who I just praised for, I thought a very thoughtful, um, essay that he wrote. And then I happened to read Jonathan Capehart in the Washington post this week, who talks specifically about how he feels that it reflects poorly on the black community. Um, totally valid point of view to say Will Smith is one guy he doesn't represent you certainly doesn't represent the entire community. Um, does it bother you that some people are voicing this opinion that it does reflect on the black community for whether it's justifiably or not, but that it does in some way? Yeah, they're both wrong. They're just writing that because they <laughs> want people to read their pieces. It does not, Will Smith's action does 100% does not reflect on the black community. That is stupid. I think it re reflects more on toxic masculinity and this this well, need. Well, that was my for, wax off, so thank you. Yeah, you're you're yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean to say, yeah, Will Smith doesn't represent me. <laughs> he doesn't represent me. That would be like me watching the news and seeing a black person on the news for robbing a bank. Be like, oh my god, this black person's bringing the whole race down. No, that's the actions of Will Smith, who just happened to be a black person. I. I agree that it should that's not. Like saying, that's like saying the Russians attacking Ukraine is bringing all white people down. It's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not. I just don't well, understand why people, I don't understand why people are, are, are more outraged about Will Smith slapping someone than Trayvon Martin being murdered. Getting killed. This yeah. is ridiculous. It's, 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 it's got to stop. Our priorities are screwed up. That's why we're here in the first place. It's mm -hmm. he slapped Chris Rock on stage at an award show. Big deal. I mean, it's it is, it is very sad though because Will Smith was has been such a role model. He has been such an icon. Of Nobody's positivity. perfect. Nobody's perfect. We've all we've all done things in our past. It just happens to be during a, a globally viewed television show. But I mean, I think people are being really hypocritical here, and we need to back up. Possibly. I mean, that's People I'm, thinking, I'm thinking more about how you can undo uh, so much in, in, in a really brief moment, you know, I don't really after decades of work and decades of. <clears throat> I, I mean, it's a, it's a it's a bad thing to happen. I don't, I don't think it undoes um, doesn't undo anything he's done in his career. It doesn't make his great movies less great. It doesn't make his bad movies even more bad. It's it was a, a bad personal decision he made in his life in the story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we will see what happens uh, when the Academy decides what they're going to do. I, I'm going to guess they're probably going to. Well, they're not going to take his Oscar away because no, no. people have done far worse things than no, own no, no. Oscars. 
I, I don't even think that's going to be on the table because the Oscars related to his performance and nothing to do with that evening. Right. But I think it's very possible they will expel him from the Academy. Yeah, and he'll be just fine. And he will be just fine. He will be just fine. But I think that the Oscars on the whole are debased in a way. You know, it's, it's not it's not it's not what, what it's not good for the industry as a whole, for all of us who say <laughs> work in this industry and kind of, you know, appreciate the work that goes well, into Everybody's going to be just fine. How was it bad? Everybody's going to be just fine. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, nobody, nobody died, but um, it's not how I think uh, the Academy wants to see itself presented. It's not. Uh, and, and the person who called it the, the Jerry Springerization or something of the Oscars, I thought there was, uh, you know, there was a certain sad truth to that. I personally believe the Academy has far worse problems than Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. I mean, it took him a gazillion years to address a diversity issue. So that, that's that's a little more problematic than slap. Okay. Amen. <laughs> All right. Sean, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thanks thank a you lot. for your strong views. I love it. And um, we'll be following whatever the continued fallout Let's is see. from this. <laughs> All right. Thanks a Thanks, lot. John. Thanks. Put those men in black movies in a time capsule. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you. Okay. Thanks, Sean. Thanks thank a lot. Thank you. So Sharon, do you watch cable news? I, I pretty much watch nothing but cable news. Why? <laughs> uh, well, as if anyone needs another streaming service, uh, CNN yeah. launched their own streaming service this week, uh, CNN Plus, rolling out hours of original programming and shows. Um, this is their, you know, play to bring news to the streaming world. Joining us to talk about it is the Rap Pro's own Joe Belbruno. Welcome, Joe. The newly minted Joe Belbruno. Joe, welcome to the welcome, show. Welcome, Joe. Hey, uh, thanks yeah. for coming on. And you know, I know that you took one for the team by by yeah. a yep. figuring out how to download and open the CNN Plus app. But the best part is that it, it happened at uh, East Coast time. So here in California, I was up at four, and I couldn't even figure it out. Like if it was a normal time of the day, but. Exactly. All right. Well, so tell us, what did you think of it? Like, what, give us a, give us a digest. Well, how was uh, it? Is it good? Once I got through uh, getting it on to my Apple TV, it worked fine. And I, I, I mean, it, you'll see in the story that I wrote it, it, it's, it's, it feels like one giant Sunday show. So it's not, it doesn't have that cadence that like breaking news, breaking news, breaking news, where they're jerking you around. It feels like you're watching like four or five, I, they have a total of eight, but it, it, a string of Sunday shows. Well, who has time to do, watch this is my question. <laughs> Wait, it's, you know, it, I, we have the, to live our lives too. I and mean, we just can't watch TV all day. I, I, yeah, so what's the target audience for this, you think? I, well, see, this is what I had hoped. I hoped it was for um, cord cutters who wanted to be able to get CNN. I wanted to be able to turn, you know, there's a stuff going on in Ukraine or Russia, whatever might be happening. Right. You can turn right. it on and there it is. Um, it, it just doesn't have that. It's kind of like what you would expect on CNN on Sunday to cover those issues. So it's not, it doesn't have that kind of quickness to it. But the same at the same token, if you notice, um, if you watch CNN long enough and, and Sharon, you know that I've watched a lot of CNN that 
they they just repeat the same story after you know over and over right. again every half hour. Right. So it's either you get that or you get a you know or you get a little bit of a slower pace. Well, would you would you rather have like a show and then let me bring you up to speed on everything that's happening in the world in three minutes? Yeah. Or every twenty minutes they break in and they say, by the way. Yeah. Now they did pledge that if what they wanted to do is that they would keep it on that kind of slow analytical pace. If you've ever watched the BBC and how they present the news, it's very much like the BBC. There's no yelling. There's no combat sports going on. It's just, uh, you know, anchor, uh, guest, and then they get it done. So that's what CNN's doing. But I would, they said that what they would do is break in if anything big happens. The president speaks. There's a, a disaster. Uh, Supreme Court justices nominated. They would break in. And they did on the first day. I would love to see that, like, you know, here's what you need to know in 20 minutes, like in between. But it's like, it, it sounds like it's not a service for people who want to keep up on the news. It sounds like it's a service who want to hang out with the people they know from yeah. CNN yeah. and like bake chocolate chip cookies with them or something. Right. And so, and we, that's their whole joke is uh, that, that Anderson Cooper wears a suit and tie when he's right. on three. Exactly. And when he goes to when he goes to CNN Plus, uh, you know he's got a T-shirt on. We get to watch I, him like change a diaper or something like yeah. that. Yeah, the house. first night his tie was unloosened, his office was a wreck. He had just gotten in from um, from Ukraine, uh, and then it did a show on meditation. But so what I, I'm saying is, it doesn't feel like a news service. It feels like a hey, this is kind of wallpaper I'll put on while I'm you know. What it does in some respects, like um, Wolf Blitzer does a show that is that's very reminiscent of how uh, uh, broadcast anchors would do it in the 80s. It's behind a desk, talking Mm. to you, through the stories, no fancy. I I forget what the boxes that they put up. There's no fancy graphics. It's just him talking. Um, Mm. Wallace does a daily show on there that is just an interview. So you just see him in the screen. Uh, Mm. So there are. And then uh, Brian Stelter does, he has a, also a very newsy show. Uh, that, I just want to know about Brian Stelter. At what, at what point does he collapse, actually? I don't know. And well, in fact, he's like the energizer bunny of all news. I, I, I made a joke on Twitter and said, Have they cloned you? And like we talked about that a bit. Right. Right. Exactly. And I've, I've, I know him a bit. I have seen him at parties in the corner, just on his phone, like trying to get his newsletter out. I mean, I think he just works till 11 o'clock at night. Uh, and that's just, that's oh, who sure. he is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that, that's What's, who he is. But I, I wonder if even Brian Stelter has his limits. That's my question. But we will see. We will see. Well, well, the one, well, the one saving grace for Brian and the rest of the anchors who, I, I don't know how long it takes them to prep for the individual shows. I should have asked the, uh, for like their CNN broadcast shows. These are only a half hour. So they're they're really kind of in and then they're out. They're not too complicated either. So it's it it might be easier for them. Right. What's additive on CNN Plus? What does it have that you don't get on CNN? Or what are they telling you that it has? Okay. So it has. So it has all of the CNN special, you know, shows. Like they have a a show on the Murdochs. They have a show on the royal family. That kind of stuff, which you can also get on CNN. Then most. The, there's only eight daily shows that happen. The rest of them, and it's pretty much every personality you know. Sanjay Gupta does something on health. Um, 
Uh, Anderson does two, uh, one that's more newsy and one about raising his kids. So those shows are very unique to CNN3, uh, sorry, CNN Plus. Um, and then CNN, the, you know, the broadcast doesn't carry any of this. So there is unique shows if that's the kind of shows you want to watch. All right, Joe. Well, thank you so much for coming on and watching all that CNN Plus so we can decide if we want to or not. Uh, you should read Joe Bill Bruno's piece about the first debut day of CNN Plus. You can read it on Rep Pro along with lots of other fantastic coverage. And Joe has just joined us as our editor-at-large. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. And that is it for our, the latest episode of The Wrap-Up. Thank you to all of our listeners. And remember to please follow or subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate and review us and let us know what you think of the pod. See you next time.